Welcome to Strategic Real Estate Investor Radio, presented by Strategic Real Estate Coach. Strategic Real Estate Coach is where the nation's leading real estate investors, brokers, and agents turn to transform the way real estate business is being done in neighborhoods across the nation. If you desire to make more money, do more deals, grow your passive income, and build the lifestyle you've always wanted, you need Strategic Real Estate Coach. This powerful team is led by Josh Cantwell, a seasoned investor with nearly a decade of experience, over 600 transactions, and generated over $5.5 million for himself and his partners. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business with Strategic Real Estate Investor Radio. Hey there and welcome guys, this is Josh Cantwell and this is Strategic Real Estate Investor Radio. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us again today. My name again is Josh Cantwell, CEO of StrategicRealEstateCoach.com, one of the nation's leading providers of education, training and resources for real estate investors looking to accomplish their goals and objectives in today's real estate market. Uh, I'm really excited because actually just this past week uh, I want to thank everybody because just this past week we hit the main page in iTunes as their in their news and noteworthy section. And for those of you that have your own podcast, and my guest today has his own podcast, those of you that do know that's a big deal. Not only were we on the news and noteworthy section for the investing category, but also on the main page of the news and noteworthy section in all of iTunes. Um, in their podcasting universe. So I want to thank all of our listeners and all of our subscribers and members for listening, uh, downloading our podcast, giving us a five-star rating, leaving us reviews. It's really the only way we get there uh, to be news and noteworthy is because of you and because of your feedback. So we greatly appreciate that. Uh, what we try to do here on Strategic Real, Real Estate Investor Radio is give you great real estate investing advice and actually my guest today is my friend Joe Fairless, and Joe is a beast. He has his own podcast. He's got 350 episodes, does a daily podcast, and that podcast is called The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. So we're going to be hearing from the guy who's given out 350 different interviews and segments or little nuggets of great real estate investing advice on his own podcast. So we're hoping to just, Joe, we're just hoping to gleam a little bit of that out of you today and, and get some, some great real estate investing advice from you. So welcome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Josh, so much. And congrats on the new and, and noteworthy category and success with your podcast. That's, that's, that's great to hear and, and well-deserved. Awesome, Joe. I appreciate that. So Joe has uh, been a real estate investor for a while. He built a $7 million real estate investing business. Um, Joe is also, I'll give you some color about his background. Uh, he left his sort of cushy uh, vice president position with a New York advertising firm, was the, the youngest, one of the absolute youngest VP level uh, New York City advertising executives. Has a lot of experience in both branding, marketing, advertising, real estate investing. So just got a lot of different things that we could talk about. But before we jump down to start recording this live, Joe and I really kind of dialed in. We have some uh, things that we really like to, to, to do and that are uh, really kind of synergistic between what Joe likes to do and what I like to do, which is talk about money and raising money and getting the funding for your real estate deal. So Joe, before we jump into 
you know, syndication, syndicates, and kind of how to make the leap from single family to multifamily real estate investing. Why don't you just give us a little bit of color about you, uh, about your background, and the transition? Because I think everybody's always interested about the transition from a full-time job into real estate. How does somebody make that transition? So just give us a little bit of color about you and your background and your transition. Yeah, sure. So uh, I am from Texas, and uh, after I graduated from college, I graduated 2005 from Texas Tech. I moved to New York City and spent a decade there. I actually now live in Cincinnati. I, I moved to Cincinnati about three months ago, so we're we're kind of neighbors now, uh, with yeah. you being in Cleveland. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I. I've been I lived in New York City for a decade and um, I climbed the ladder as you mentioned I started out as a junior project manager at an ad agency making pretty much less than minimum wage whenever you factor in all the hours that I was working uh, and then climbed the way up saved some money and eventually read read a lot of books um, and one of them was investing for dummies where they talk about the three different types of investing, stocks, bonds, uh, LLCs, and, and real estate. And then after I uh, read that, I kind of just, just gravitated more towards real estate, started investing in single-family homes from New York City, but, li but in investing in properties where I was from in Texas in 2009, and I just lucked out. Uh, because I started buying in 2009, not because I was timing the market perfectly, but just it was just dumb luck. Um, I didn't have any money until 2009, and, and that's whenever I started investing. So fortunately for me, I was buying homes at a pretty darn good discount in Dallas-Fort Worth in 2009, um, and ended up buying four homes as buy and holds um, from 2009 to 2012-ish. And uh, I still had my full-time job. And as you asked, you know, kind of what was the transition like? Well, it was it was a, a slow transition because what I uh, well relatively so it depend depends on kind of our time frame. Um, but I I started learning um, real estate investing in 2006, and then in 2012 um, I left. So that's six years, and in between those six years. I um, was studying. I was. I was also after I started buying the homes. I was living in New York. My friends were like, "How the heck are you buying these homes in Texas and and just not going there and visiting the properties?" And I never visited a house before I purchased it uh, physically. I, I didn't. Um, and in fact, I've only seen. Uh, I don't know. Out of those four homes, I've only seen them maybe two or three times total. One of them never in person, even though I go there for the holidays. Um, and and so I, you know, I, I started um, teaching a class in New York City uh, through a, a website called um, Skillshare, um, and they at the time they had in-person classes. So I started teaching classes, and the more I taught the classes, the more I was like, this is kind of cool. I, I enjoy this. Um, but once I realized that advertising one wasn't for me, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. He talked six human needs and. I won't go into all six of them, but the last two lead the fulfillment, um, and that is growth and contribution. And I wasn't feel like I, I didn't, didn't feel like I was growing, and I didn't feel like I was contributing in advertising anymore. I was before, um, and not to say that we can't. Um, that's just not how I'm wired anymore, or it wasn't how I was wired anymore. So I um, identified that real estate investing was something I wanted to do. I could do more of, um, and kind of grow and contribute and learn. 
so I I left, but once I left, I realized that well, shoot, I can't get approved for a mortgage because uh, they, I don't have a, a, a stable income. Um, I have you know like 250 bucks from a house uh, coming in every month, um, but that's nothing. You know that's not going to get approved for anything, and and single family homes just aren't cutting it. Um, from a, a financial goal fast enough for what I want to accomplish. Uh, so I started studying multifamily, um, and I guess I started studying in October of 2012, and I, I left in December of 2012, so a couple months before I left. Uh, and then um, then I learned how to raise, studied how to raise money from investors and closed on my first syndicated deal, 168 units in Cincinnati in July of 2013. Fantastic. So, guys, that's the transition, right? You got a young guy out there, hungry, graduating from college, making below minimum wage to start out, busting his chops, working lots and lots and lots of hours, starts investing in real estate virtually, buying properties he doesn't even see, jumps in, starts raising money, learns about syndication, raising private money, and takes down a 168-unit multifamily building. Right, so guys, that's how it's done. And Joe um, would probably tell you, like most people do, look, I I just got in and took action. I learned, but I took action. I didn't just learn and learn and learn and learn. So, you know, one of the best pieces of real estate investing advice that I could give everybody who's listening to this would be, don't just continue to attend free webinars, free classes, free podcasts. You gotta go do it. You gotta go actually get off the couch, get up, get in the field, and actually start making offers. Start making offers. Uh, that's where it really starts. And you'll be surprised, blown away. Sometimes you might have to make two offers and get a deal. You might have to make thirty or forty to get a great deal. But unless you make an offer, nobody's gonna know that you're a real estate investor. That's where it begins. Um, so Joe, thanks thanks for the the background and a little bit of color about you. That's fantastic. Um, Joe, what would be? Let's start. I really wanted to talk. We talked about just kind of a two things we really wanted to hit on. One is the leap from single family to multifamily, like you just described, and then second is this concept of syndication, which again you just touched on uh, to fund larger deals. Um, so, where, Joe, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with syndication first and then back into the transition, or do you want to start with the transition and then talk about syndication? Uh, I think we can talk about the transition and then evolve into syndication. Got it. Perfect. So, you know, a lot of my subscribers that buy my products, Joe, like our Freedom Funding class or our 40K Flips class, they're investing in single family. I think everybody thinks I want to buy single family to make an income. And then I want to buy and hold commercial for long-term wealth accumulation and to create cash flow. That's what I teach my members, and that's what I'm in the process of doing as well. So what's your take, Joe, on that transition? If somebody is a single-family home investor today and wants to get into commercial, what does that mean? And I think the first thing, Joe, if you could address would be the, the mental part of it because a lot of people think commercial is just too big and hairy and scary. Yeah, I, I think um, the the first part is that I thought going from single to commercial, um, 
you know, because I had four single-family homes, I was kind of walking in very, um, very confidently, and I thought whenever I was meeting with brokers that uh, I would be at, at the top of their list. Because and this is so stupid of me, but I thought, well, I, I've closed on four homes. I'm a proven trigger puller. Um, you know, I, now I want to buy an apartment building. Uh, here's here's who I am. Here's my background. But what I found out is that they want um, to they want people who have experience in multi. So um, the fortunate thing is going back to your a question about the the mentality um, and the mindset. Well. Everybody started in the same place, right? Everybody started not having purchased one. Um, doesn't even matter if if you grow up in a family um, that's been in commercial real estate. You eventually will, are going to buy your first place. Uh, so, how I was able to um, uh, overcome the challenge of not having experience in the commercial space, which everybody who hasn't purchased something will have to overcome, is I simply surround myself. By with people who have that experience, um, and first and foremost, I think it's having. Uh, well, I'd, I'd say at the top of the list, there there are two two um, two entities or two groups or two people that are tied for first. Um, one is a local management company. Um, if if you're not managing it yourself. Uh, if you're buying it out of you know in another market, or if you are setting uh, your your real estate empire up for a uh, a business and a company, and not necessarily another job, um, then you'll want to have a third-party management company or create your own management company. Um, so having a local partner in the market is critical. Because then, whenever you say, "Oh, well, I was speaking to," let's just pretend that you know, Josh, you've got a management company. I was speaking to uh, Josh's team in Cleveland, and they're going to be handling the management for the property um, that I purchased in the next six months in Cleveland. Uh, well, that statement is going to go uh, a lot. Uh, it's going to give us a lot of credibility and go a long way to establish ourselves in the mind of the broker. Uh, because the broker said, okay, so he's talking to a credible property management company in Cleveland, and and Josh, I know your your special sauce isn't doing property management in Cleveland, but um, just just for this example, <laughs> I know somebody who's is though. Yeah, I exactly. Have a good friend of mine, his his uh, actually ex-wife, who's still they're very still very good friends, uh, is yeah. a huge property manager in the market. Um, it's, it's called ISM Management in Northeast Ohio, and. I think they manage like four or five hundred uh, units, a lot of single family, and uh, a number of small multifamily. So I, I do know those kind of folks. It's not my specialty, but I certainly know people who it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so you 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 name drop the ISM property management, um, and and then you're able to have a have a, a a credible conversation. The second person or entity at tied for first is a consultant, um, or at least modeling after. Uh, somebody who is is willing and able to give you their their expertise and answer your questions on an ongoing basis. It's a, it's a must. We can read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, um, and uh, you know and, and participate in as many forums as possible. But eventually, you're going to need somebody who is there to help answer the questions that you have 
um, to you have uh, during the unique aspect of a, of a particular deal. So I align myself with a management company and um, with a consultant and then with those two I was able to make the transition uh, from single to multi in addition to uh, you know just the tremendous psychological um, uh, expansion uh, of my mind whenever I was looking at apartments because originally this is a little this is interesting I was uh, looking for a 30 unit building as my first purchase uh, because you know psychologically going from singles to a 30 unit that's a big step um, sure. so so I was looking at 30 units in Tulsa Oklahoma but um, I couldn't find anything and I went to Tulsa Oklahoma to uh, to show that I was very serious about it and I ended up speaking to um, some brokers and uh, we made like eight or nine offers on properties nothing came through um, so I was looking at like a million dollar price point I thought I could confidently raise about three hundred to four hundred thousand um, dollars well not confidently but I uh, was blissfully ignorant um, thinking I could raise three <laughs> to four hundred thousand um, dollars and what happened is my consultant uh, ended up coming across a deal in Cincinnati, the one I closed on, the 168 units. But the challenge was it was 168 units, not 30 units. And instead of three to 400, I needed over a million dollars. And I'd never raised a penny before. Um, but I, with the support of the team around me, I grew into the deal. And there's no way in hell I would have ever, ever, ever selected 168 units to do my first deal. But after I got so familiar with the 168 units after evaluating, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to go lower than 168 because right. I, I'm past that. I was mentally past it. And I think that is the, the, a big part of it is, is playing in the big leagues with the big league players and having some allies on your team who are at that level so that you can, you can go in with eyes wide open intelligently and make it happen. Are you struggling to find great real estate deals to flip, rehab, buy and hold, or wholesale? End the frustration today and get 55 simple and proven strategies that find smoking hot deals in your market absolutely free. Go to 55simpleways.com slash podcast right now. That's 55simpleways.com slash podcast. Well, Joe, that's great, and I appreciate the advice. Uh, and for those of you who are really paying attention and kind of taking notes, uh, what Joe said again, you know, align yourself with a consultant that understands uh, the commercial market. Um, align yourself with and get to know the property managers in the area that understand rent rolls, that understand tenant uh, placement, that understand um, how to manage these large multifamilies. Because again, a lot of times the best multifamily deals are not going to be in your own backyard. Um, and from there, you become familiar with it. When you look at the deal, the numbers are really going to tell you what's a good deal and what isn't. And I think, Joe, I love your, your uh, case study here because you kind of go in thinking, wow, 30 unit, that's a big deal. Uh, I can raise a couple hundred thousand dollars. But I end up with 168 unit, and now I'm never going to go any smaller than that, right? It's almost <laughs> like when you buy a certain, I don't know, buy a certain watch, you're probably not going to go back to the other kind of watches that you used to be able to buy, right? You just kind of get used to a certain style, a certain color, whatever it is. Uh, same thing with houses. You know, you start doing rehabs on a certain scale, you kind of never go back. You start owning rentals on a certain scale, 
you never go back. You start owning multifamily on a certain scale. Why go any smaller, right? So I, yeah. I like the advice there about your transition. That's great. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's interesting um, hearing you talk through those examples, especially on the the houses uh, where you, know, you you rehab maybe a small house and you you rehab a larger house. Um, why, you know, looking back on it, um, and you know, clearly I didn't do the the single to thirty to fifty to hundred to I, I went straight from single to one hundred and sixty eight. Um, I would challenge your listeners to um, maybe not go through the normal step-by-step -step process of of you know single to 30 to 50. Why not go from single to 100? Um, and because because ultimately when you when you uh, poll all the and all the individuals who close on their first multifamily deal, I promise you that. 80% of them are going to say their number one regret is that they didn't go large enough. I promise you. 80%, 8 out of 10 will say they didn't go large enough on the first deal. That's the only regret that they have. Unless they bought it wrong, then <laughs> then that's another story. Then they'll have all sorts of regrets. So how you do that is you, you follow the, the three things I mentioned before. Uh, find those who are successfully doing it. Get a consultant um, and uh, have a local team in place. Um, that can guide you because you know whenever I'm underwriting deals, I underwrite them, but then I don't share that with my local team that's going to be managing it. I have them underwrite it as well, and then we compare notes. Um, that way, I can see how they're underwriting it and how I'm underwriting it, and and then we can see you know where where the differences are and have a discussion. Um, that that's one tip whenever you're looking at multifamily deals and you're looking to find a property to buy. Uh, that way, you don't unduly influence their underwriting and how they're running their numbers. Because ultimately, if you're not living in the market, they're the market experts. So you should look at um, what they're thinking the cost per unit per year is, different expenses for taxes, insurance, things like that. Got it. Love it. Love it, Joe. So let's talk about syndication. And we hear the term a lot uh, when it comes to you know, buying a building, raising money, especially larger commercial buildings, is I was able to acquire the funds through a syndication. And my my regular listeners and subscribers and members know that I you know started a private equity fund, and we make uh, loans to our members who are in certain programs, and they're able to buy, rehab, and sell uh, you know single family or small multifamily. Uh, small commercial uh, using our funding. We provide 100% of the financing, but we didn't do it through a syndication. We did it through a private equity fund, and we're raising money through what's called a 506B uh, Reg D offering. And so the first fund we did uh, allows us to just raise money from people we already have a prior existing relationship with. That's the nature of a 506B. The 506C Reg D offering, which again, those offerings are an, you're basically an accepting uh, an exception to the being having to be a, a securities dealer, okay, a broker dealer. The 506C allows us to advertise to the general public, but we can only take money from accredited investors, and so we've done both. There's the concept of syndication using private lender money 
and several layers of financing to buy big commercial buildings and especially apartments. So, Joel, what's your take on sort of the definition of syndication and how does that help you raise money for multifamily? Uh, well, I like to define it using an example that whenever I heard this example, it was crystal clear to me. Um, everybody who's listening has likely participated in a syndication uh, if you've flown somewhere. Uh, because when you fly somewhere, then you buy a ticket, you get on a plane with other people, and you arrive at the destination that you all chose to arrive at. Um, same with same with raising money um, uh, for a syndicated deal with real estate. You put in a little bit of money, relatively speaking, to buy something that's worth much more. Um, in this case, a building. In the previous example, an airplane. Um, in that case, you're renting an airplane, and you're able to arrive at the destination that you want. Um, in the real estate example, it's uh, your financial goals of whatever whatever the projected profits are. Um, so, all all a syndication is is where you raise money from individuals and you participate in something larger, um, and then you all share in the benefits, uh, much like an airplane, much like in this case, real estate. Uh, so how I how I use it is um, you know with with the investors that uh, I have through um, through my network um, we we do just that we we uh, if I I find a deal and whenever I find a deal um, we underwrite it uh, me and my team underwrite it and we put a presentation together and um, speak to people who I've already spoken to that's the key for me especially. Uh, where I am constantly speaking to uh, my friends and my my network about what I'm up to and learning about their goals, um, so that whenever I do have a deal, uh, it I'm not scrambling because I did have to scramble on my first deal and it wasn't a fun experience at all, uh, where I didn't have you know any money raised and um, verbally committed. Uh, your yours is obviously different because it's a fund, so you've got the money up front, I imagine, and then you're right. just allocating the money based on whatever comes across, you know, based on predetermined criteria that you've established. Uh, whereas uh, I do it a, a deal by deal basis, um, and in order to do a deal by deal basis, I actually have to have the deal to raise the money. Um, so what I do to to generate interest um, for my investors prior to that happening is I simply have conversations with them, I ask them about their financial goals, I learn about their financial goals, what they uh, determine success looks like with their investing, and once I know that, then I can see if it's, we're a good fit for a syndicated deal, um, and then I ask them, if I find something that meets your financial goals, um, would you like me to share it with you? Um, everybody said yes so far, uh, they'd like me to share it with them at least, and then when I find something, um, I keep them updated along the way as I'm searching for something. And then when I find something, I, I let them know about it. Um, and then and then we um, then then they end up investing in the deal. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, that reminds me of, of Joe is Warren Buffett actually. Uh, when Warren Buffett started Berkshire Hathaway, it was much like a syndication. He put a little bit of his own money in, and was able to prove to his investors um, through his stock recommendations. And he was able to retain a large shareholder interest in Berkshire Hathaway um, while everybody else put in all the money. And because he was the one basically 
with the ideas of what stocks to buy, and he had a track record of uh, the performance of the stocks and the companies that they were purchasing. Everybody else wanted to put money in, so he basically contributed the intellectual capital, if you will, and they contributed the monetary capital. And sounds like you're kind of in a similar situation where you might be contributing a little bit of your own monetary capital, but what you're really doing is you're kind of the ringleader. You're, you're contributing your intellectual capital to find the deals, vet them out, underwrite them, and produce a good investment opportunity. And everybody else is producing the monetary um, capital. And of course, you probably retain a large portion of the total control of the deal and the total ownership because you're the one that sort of originated the deal. Does that does that sound right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're they're passively investing in the deal. Uh, and I'm quarterbacking everything else from finding it to uh, making sure the business model is being implemented to um, you know looking at when's the right time to sell or refinance. They have a vote in the deal um, when, or they have a vote in the in the overall investment whenever it's time to make big decisions like selling or refinancing. Um, but from the day-to-day -day standpoint, they're purely passive. And uh, I, I'm responsible for hiring, firing, property management, um, you know, increasing rents, uh, doing any concessions, things like that. Fantastic. So, the the latest deal that you did, you the 168 unit, was uh, was that a syndication? Was that a deal that you vetted, underwrote, and then and then raised the money for? Yeah, the the first deal I did was 168 units. I did that in July of 2013, and then the latest deal was a 250 unit that I just closed on about a week ago, and that was a syndication. Uh, it actually came through one of my clients, um, and he similar to <laughs> similar to my situation on the first deal where I was looking at smaller, but then I came across a really good opportunity. He was looking at smaller, came across a good opportunity and didn't have the money um, that he needed to close on it um, and it was a very short time frame. Um, he, he actually needed uh, two, let's see, two million in about two weeks um, or at least two million to be um, uh, confirmed that we could bring to the table in two weeks and then we would need that two million in about 40 days. Uh, so I said that's a pretty short time frame but uh, let's, let's take a look at it, and it was a really good opportunity. Uh, so I ended up bringing in a partner, and they raised $1.1 million. I raised $1.1 million. Um, we both put our earnest money hard after a two-week mark, and we kept on raising the money, um, and we ended up getting it funded uh, and closed last, uh, like I said, last week um, with, with the investors. Very cool, very cool. Um, when you do a syndication deal, there's you know lots of different ways to structure it, but a syndication is usually equity financing, right? You're usually giving up some equity in the deal to each of the people who participate in the syndication. I know some guys do debt financing, but that's not necessarily, I guess, my definition of a syndication because when you're doing debt financing, it's mostly you know one person is the buyer, everybody else is just a lender. So in, in your case, Joe, and most of the time, are you're doing equity financing, so they're participating in a, an ownership position. Is that right? That's correct. Fantastic. Yeah, I love that. That's very, very cool. Um, 
So, Joe, what, what are you focused on now? I, I know your podcast, you, you give out the best real estate investing advice ever, which is awesome, and you're doing these um, apartment syndications. So what you closed on this deal a week ago, what's, what's on your horizon? What's in your pipeline? What are you looking at next? Yeah, well, um, right now I'm letting the ink dry on the 250 unit for sure. That was, uh, you know, the last that took up the last three months of my life. Um, but in addition to making sure the ink dries and the business model is implemented in Houston, um, I'm also uh, just put my 168 units um, in Cincinnati uh, on the market. Uh, so I'm I'm working with my on that and and um, fielding um, inquiries on on the 168 units. Uh, so I've, I've got that going on. And then, as you mentioned, I've got the daily podcast, best real estate investing advice ever show. Uh, so I've I'm uh, continually learning. That's the beauty of doing the daily podcast is it's just a forced lesson every day from a real estate expert. I know I've had you on the show, episode 156. Uh, and it's titled "Discover the Hidden Rules of Raising Private Money," where you just absolutely blow up a lot of myths that people have about raising private money. Um, just a, a very good episode, and um, you know, I so I I learn from from listeners uh, or from from guests like you, um, and um, you know that that's what another one of my areas of focus. Awesome, awesome. So Joe, I want to give everybody an opportunity. Uh, to jump in and grab some of your free information um, and uh, and learn more about syndication and making that transition from single family into multifamily. So where's a good place for them to either download one of your free reports or visit one of your websites? Yeah, well, you can listen to all 350 uh, of my podcast there daily. Uh, just go to joefairless.com. That's J-O-E-F as in Frank, A-I-R-L-E-S-S dot com. I also have a free real estate investing crash course that you can sign up for and, and get. Um, and then uh, for anybody looking to go from single to multi, I uh, consult real estate investors. I take on one to two clients a month, um, and you can check that out just with the Work With Joe tab on my website. Got it. Well, Joe, thanks so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Any kind of parting shots or words of advice before we let you go? I'd say the, the number one thing is, um, you know, the number one mantra I have is secret to living is giving. And I know if I, you know, another kind of cousin of that quote is, and secret to living is giving by Tony Robbins, but the cousin of that quote is, um, help enough people get what they want and you'll eventually get everything you want. So I think as long as we live by that mantra, then things are going to be great. Awesome. Well, guys, go visit Joe um, and check out his information online for sure. If you have a great syndication deal and need help with it, um, Joe might be open to taking you on as a client. Joe, I appreciate you putting that opportunity out there for those people who are really serious and want to jump into multifamily. Um, and, guys, I appreciate you being here. This, again, is another episode of Strategic Real Estate Investor Radio. If you could go back in and jump into the podcast, the iTunes Universe um, and let us know how we did today. Let us know if you enjoyed the interview I did with Joe. I'm sure you did. If you did, leave us a five-star rating and leave us a, a comment. Let us know if there's more information, if you'd like us to bring back Joe to deepen do a deeper dive on syndication and multifamily, or if you want us to cover another episode in the future, leave that comment for us right there, 
go into iTunes or go into Google and look for Strategic Real Estate Investor Radio by Josh Cantwell. Joe, so thanks so much for being here, my friend. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Josh. Okay, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. You were just listening to Josh Cantwell and Strategic Real Estate Investor Radio. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next, who you would like Josh to interview, or if you just want to share some of your success stories in real estate, and maybe we'll talk about it in the next show. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure you subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and Strategic Real Estate Coach on Facebook and Twitter, and definitely check out all of our awesome free training videos at youtube.com slash SRE see video. Finally, download your free report, 55 Ways to Find Killer Real Estate Investments at 55simpleways.com forward slash podcast right now so that you can get better at finding properties and funding properties and stay up to date on what's happening right now in the real estate industry. That's 55simpleways.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.